It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area and national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Big Saturday. A little breezy out there if you're out and about this morning. Might find some uh, standing water in places as well, as Mr. Tate found out in his neighborhood, right? Yeah, coming to work this morning, I, I just decided not to come down Devonshire because Devonshire is looks like a lake. Well, it's it shrunk not, a little bit. You told me it looked like an ocean. <laughs> well, <laughs> I exaggerate. I tend to exaggerate. No kidding. <laughs> but west of uh, west of Fox Drive on Devonshire, it is really uh, thick there, and most of the cars that I, I was in a line of three or four cars, and we all turned around, and went back, and circled around to get here because uh, there's just too much water there. To, I didn't want to get stuck out in the middle and have to have you come with a boat and, and pull me out. I might consider that. The uh, big basketball game this afternoon, 4 o'clock at the State Farm Center, Arizona, ranked number 11 in town. Good thing it's not a football game. It would be kind of nasty to sit outside on a windy day like this. It's 37 degrees and a wind chill of 24, but it is mid-December, right? But you tell me you played golf yesterday. In I the did. Fog. You <laughs> I were did. always in kind of a fog, and you were really in a fog yesterday. I was, felt like I was playing in Scotland yesterday, <laughs> but we, we, we had uh, eight knuckleheads out there, and uh, it actually wasn't too bad. You didn't lose any golf balls. You just didn't see them all the way when you— That's, You must have hit them straight. I tend to hit them straight, but not far. But uh, <laughs> but even even I couldn't see the end of my drives yesterday. <laughs> but it was fun. Good to get out. Good to get another December round in and knock that off the uh, list. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. Got five guests scheduled for you this morning around uh, phone calls and whatever else is on your mind. Doug Altenberger will join us at 915 to talk some Illini hoops, as will Kedrick Prince at 930. At 10 o'clock, Greg Hansen from the Arizona Daily Star will be with us to uh, tell us more about this Wildcat basketball team that's in town. At 10.15, our friend Greg McMahon, Rantoul native, former Illinois assistant coach, is retiring at least for now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was an assistant coach at LSU. We'll check in with him. A lot's happened at LSU in the last uh, few months. Yep. And then at 10.30, Paul Klee will be with us. Talk some more college basketball with him. In and around all of that, we've got the the phone lines open. Again, 217-356-9397. Some uh, football news. Tommy DeVito, quarterback from Syracuse, has committed to Illinois. Yeah, I, I kind of got a, a different take on him today reading the story about him. I didn't realize that this year he only played three games, right. I guess, and, and – um, I saved that year of eligibility. If you play four, uh, four why you can play four and still uh, retain your eligibility for that season. And um, evidently, uh, Syracuse wanted to go with a, a more mobile quarterback, which apparently he he's not as mobile as the other guy that that won the position. So that's who Illinois is getting. But I but I'm I'm sure he'll be here in the in the in the spring to uh, to take over the number one spot at least at that point. I would think. They do have another freshman coming in, Leary, and, of course, all, the, all these guys from New Jersey, like Sitkowski. 
Sitkowski will be out. And uh, so Illinois is kind of starting over at quarterback again this year, and, and, and he does have two years eligibility. Yeah, and in 2019, as the starter, he had 2,360 yards and 19 touchdown passes. Yeah, yeah. So, and he was, when he was recruited there, after, after I looked into it a little bit, he was kind of the savior, or so to speak, of uh, Syracuse football. Dino Barber's the coach there. Uh, he was a four-star recruit. And I wonder uh, what exactly happened after he scored through 19 touchdown passes, why he didn't start the next, you know, why he didn't start this past year, uh, I think maybe he did, then he got beat out. But, well, okay. Yeah. yeah, right, okay. Yeah, if he played three games, I think he played early. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, So that's uh, the case. Yeah. That explains why he wants to leave. Yeah. yeah. So they picked up a guy, but they lost a guy as well, as uh, Kalen Tolson announces that uh, he's going, uh, maybe lost him. He, he yeah, could still I, come back. I think there's a possibility that once he studies the thing, he might right. come back. But he has been here four years. He does have one more year of eligibility. And I really like Tolson. Mm-hmm. I, I I think he's got a better chance. You know, he's got a chance to make it in the NFL. But uh, once he, he's got till January, what what is that? The fifteenth? It's a mid mid January when he's got to decide for sure. As of now, he's going to get a lot of uh, un, a lot of information as to where he stacks up, and then he might come back. And we did have uh, like Hanson came back last year at linebacker after he had ten, attended yep. the turn pro. So mm-hmm. you, you you see that happen. And I think we had somebody on basketball team. I think he played center for us this year. Kofi, didn't he? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he could play center for you next year, too. You, you, <laughs> yeah, but you just don't know. That pro's really enticing. It is. Some other basketball notes. Jeremy Fears Jr. has listed a top five. I know a lot of people were feeling good about Illinois in that case, but he listed Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, UConn, and Kansas mm-hmm. as a top five, and uh, no real indication that I've heard when he might make his decision on that. He's a 2023 guy. Mm-hmm. He's got he's just junior in high school right yeah. now. And uh, Illinois is getting a visit this week from another New Jersey athlete, Akil Watson, 6'9", 200-pounder, in the class of 2023, is on campus. Yeah, well, they, they keep bringing them in, don't they? Yeah, about, they do. About every game we see somebody visiting here, and and uh, I think Illinois basketball recruiting is going very well. It is, and he'll be at the game this afternoon. Four o'clock, Illinois 7-2, and two, Arizona 8-0, and oh, and ranked number 11, State Farm Center. Stripe the State Farm Center is the plan this afternoon, and a national television audience, and got me thinking when what? they're... What color are you wearing? I'll probably go in black, basic, basic <laughs> black. I don't know. You and Johnny Cash, huh? That's right. We, the guys that sit down there on the long press row, we don't count in any no, colors. You don't. You definitely don't count. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that feels like. You've uh, not counted for all these years. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, it got me thinking, okay, when was there a bigger non-conference game at the State Farm Center? And it, they're hard to find. And obviously, you go back to the Wake Forest game. In uh, 2004, they were number one. I mean, that that exactly. that, that was a bigger game at the time, and but and and I just thought, I just really felt strongly that Illinois was better than Wake Forest at the time. I'm not sure what to think about this Arizona team. They got so many international players, you just don't know what you're getting into here. So f- since that time, I looked to see, okay, could can you find a a, a big non-conference game at home that you remember? Well, there was North Carolina in 2010. Okay. They were number 20 in the country. Uh, Gonzaga played here in 2011. Uh, 
Illinois won both those games. We've had good luck against Gonzaga, yep. considering you're right. Considering how good Gonzaga has been, and that's all I could come up with since the Wake Forest game. Now, before that, you had the Georgia Tech double overtime game in mm-hmm. 1989 that was yep. played in January, by the way, not mm-hmm. December. That was played in the middle of the Big Ten yep. schedule. We played them twice that year, didn't we? Yes, played them in Maui or yeah. somewhere yeah. in a. And they were really good at that time. I don't, I don't remember. They weren't ranked, though. You know, I was surprised when I what? looked that up. Illinois was number two in the country, and Georgia Tech was not ranked. Oh, we darn. Huh. And that game went double overtime. That's the game that Kendall Gill got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, sure uh, is. Hurt his ankle. and uh, So, yeah, those are the ones that come to mind for me. But uh, this could be in that category with a sellout crowd and a nationally ranked team and early in the season and a marquee game. You don't get many marquee non-conference games at home. Nobody wants to... Wants to do those, but uh, Brad Underwood is not shy about scheduling them. I, I looked this up today for probably for column purposes, but do you know how many international players are in the NBA now? I don't, but eighth straight year of at least one hundred. That's a big change. If you go back, you go back twenty or thirty years, there just weren't many international players at all. And we have about a, about 110. I don't, I don't have the exact number, 110, right. 113, or something like that this year, or 108. And uh, this is this is just a, a steady stream of international players who are not just sitting on the bench. They're they're prominent all over the league. It's amazing. Yeah, and a lot of those guys are playing in college. Not the same guys, obviously, because a lot of those guys didn't play in the college in the U.S. But many Some more did. are. Yeah. 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 And, and Arizona's nobody, got a bunch of them. Nobody represents international players like Gonzaga and Arizona. What do they have in common? Tommy, Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd. <laughs> Who's the guy that did all that recruiting for Gonzaga. He's the guy that pushed him over. The, I mean, they can talk about the head coaches all they want. Uh, who pushed Gonzaga to the top the last 20 years? Yep. All those, inter- you know, whether it was Sabonis and Hachimura and Tilly and I remember O'Linick. Illinois played a lot of those guys. Yeah, they have. And, and uh, Illinois, as I said, has been relatively successful against them. High school in fact, bat- we lost one game in Chicago in overtime, and I thought we should have won. Yes. High school basketball, a few of the scores from last night. Uh, great coverage in the News Gazette this morning. You want to check all that out. Danville beat Champaign Central 61-54. Centennial with a nice win over Normal Community 61-59. Yeah, they're ranked number seven in, in 4A. They were. Were. <laughs> Normal, yeah. So that's a really good win for Centennial. Muhammad Seymour, 46. Effingham, 35. Peoria Manual over Urbana, 74-47. Salt Fork, 57. Villa Grove, 29. Tuscola run, uh, rolls again, 81-24 to 24 over Uni High. And Watsika beat Gibson City, Melvin Sibley, 46-28. Those are some of the high school scores. Check out the News Gazette for more. And we'll take our first time out coming up here on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Doug Altenberger will be at the game today. He's not working it with Brian. Deion Thomas is on the call, but Doug's coming down for the ball game. We'll talk some Illinois basketball with him after this stay with us right here on dws welcome back everybody to illini pella saturday sports talk steve kelly and lauren tate with you until 11 o'clock had a text that the uh, georgia tech game was a triple overtime it was a double overtime game that game at the, the state farm center then the assembly hall that was a 
That was a heck of a basketball game. Yes, Illinois, Illinois went to number one and then lost the yep. next game. That's exactly right. They lost the Gill and they lost the next game. But, um, you know, I, I, will, I want uh, something that uh, Underwood said after the last game against Iowa. He says, came out and says, I like old players. And I thought that was a, a good statement because he's got, you know, the veterans really came through in that game. And I was looking at scores today and Memphis lost again. Yes, Memphis they did. lost to Murray State. They had a big lead in the game. They, they went on a, a big run and got the lead, and then I saw they lost. They're a disaster yeah. this season, and why? They got two top ten players in the nation, freshmen, but the freshmen can't seem to play together. Yeah, or Pet- they can't play with the other players. I don't know what the problem is. Penny really. Hardaway called them out earlier in the week that uh, yeah. nobody was nobody was happy with whatever in the uh, Said they were a bunch of selfish guys, yeah. and they lost again. And that game had to be in Memphis. I wouldn't think that Memphis went to to Murray to play. Well, I don't know where it was played, but I'm sure you're right about that. And and Loyola, by the way, just keeps rolling along. They whipped Vanderbilt without any trouble. And DePaul is rising somewhat. They beat Louisville. Louisville? That's good. <laughs> good job. 62-55. Poor Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today, Missouri in another bragging rights game, so to speak, a border war takes on Kansas. That, yeah. that may not be pretty. Yeah. How's Auburn doing? <laughs> you had to bring them up, didn't you? <laughs> well, Pearl got it. He snuck out again. This is the third time he's been penalized by the NCAA, and they keep giving him weaker pen, uh, s- s- sanctions every time. Did you see that because they didn't hammer him, that Maryland – is interested in talking to you him. You think they really are, or is that just a rumor? I, well, it's probably a rumor, but I don't know. But uh, somebody thinks they really are. Oh, yeah. Maryland, Maryland's got to have a coach, but you would think that they'd go with Danny Manning the rest of the I mean, Pearl's not going to leave uh, in the middle of the season and go coach Maryland. I mean, you know that. I mean, but I, I don't know where. I think it's just because he's from the East. He's, he's from out there, and they think maybe he'd like to come home. But he got, he got he's got cheating three times now, and – Nobody thinks anything about it anymore. I guess he's going to cheat, and so what? <laughs> you remember the Ohio State thing when when he had the uh, the player that he couldn't that he said he didn't recruit. He didn't. He it was a non recruiting period, and, and he said he didn't. Is this a, a guard that went to Ohio State and was a star player for Ohio State? They caught him in the backyard. They were yeah. making making sandwiches in the backyard. <laughs> he said, "Well, he wasn't in the house," and they got a picture of him. <laughs> that was uh well his name escapes me now yeah. but it was it was the guy uh Aaron uh the guy that uh ah, I can't remember his last name Somebody Kraft Kraft yeah. yeah 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 he was on that team that uh the line I beat in a just one of the great games at the State Farm Center they they up they upset that team. I remember one. Brandon Paul scored Brandon Paul on that, him. Hit that shot from the three from the corner uh, three, and I thought that can't go in, and it did. He scored forty three, I think, in that game. I think game. that's right. And Kraft was guarding him most of the time. Yeah, and Kraft yeah, trying was, to guard him. Yeah, and Kraft was a good uh, defensive player. But uh, can you imagine Bruce Pearl back in the Big Ten? Well, give us a reason to boo, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I don't get that. I just. Uh, course everybody thinks outside of state of illinois everybody thinks he's just a wonderful coach i saw a list tennessee may not think did that you now. see the list of the most popular uh, coaches in the country there just this week in twitter and you know he was number one as the most popular coach in the country caught cheating three times and he's the most popular snake oil 
<laughs> and you and, and, and they came out of this just last year they they uh, agreed to not participate in the postseason tournament when they didn't have a team that was going to qualify anyway. Right. So th- that's big so, of you. So this year they're they're you know they're competing for the uh, NCAA tournament. And he's got to sit out two games, and they're probably the two weakest opponents that they have the entire season. The next two games, yeah, they probably. <laughs> oh there's man, no, no doubt they looked at the schedule and say, well, "Okay, when do we want to announce this?" Yeah. <laughs> well, here, here we got a couple of cupcakes. We'll we'll do it now. Uh, that game at four o'clock this afternoon, Illinois and Arizona. Also in the Big Ten, Wisconsin. How about that comeback the other night against Indiana? Twenty-two they're, down. They're on the road. At Ohio State in a battle of top 25 teams, Wisconsin is number 22, Ohio State is number 21. That's an early game this morning. Nebraska plays at Auburn today at 10.30 start time on that one. That's a little unusual. Penn State is at uh, Michigan State. Minnesota plays at Michigan a little bit later on. Army-Navy football today. Who you got there? I don't know. I I, I see where... uh... I, I kind of favor Na- Army in these games. I don't know why. Maybe because I was in the Army and not in the Navy. That's a good reason to do it. <laughs> I don't know. But that's a good college football game. I like Munkin, too. Yeah. Munkin's got Illinois history, and he's the head coach at Army. Let's uh, go to the phones at 920. Marty is up early down in the North Carolina. What do you say, Marty? Morning, Steve. Morning, Lauren. I just wanted to let you know that there was one vote here in North Carolina that Bruce Pearl was not the most popular coach in America. <laughs> you know that, okay. Well, we we make two and three, but did you do you see do you see that list? They had Underwood number three as the most unlikable. Is that right? Yes. Really? Yeah, it didn't make didn't much sense. It's just somebody's no. opinion, and I, I don't know where they formed it. Well, it must be whether they smile a lot and whether they're sleazy enough. Because <laughs> Pearl smiles and he's sleazy as hell. I mean, he's he's a snake oil salesman from way back. Well, if you're just I looking at uh, if you're just looking at at coach's demeanor, then you don't know them. If you're looking at just Brad Underwood yeah. on the sideline, you don't know what kind of guy he is, and uh, and uh, he's anything but that. The way he looks on the sideline, he's very personable, very well, fun Bruce to talk Weber's to. The same way. Yeah. Bruce Weber's a crazy man on the sideline, but he's one of the nicest people in the world to have him talking to. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk to him, he's a lot like Lou Henson. Mm-hmm. And one guy that is is consistent to his sideline behavior was uh, Lon Kruger. Yeah, you know, he's, he's just the same a nice, all the time. He's, yeah. he's the nicest my guy. Favorite, and, and my, favorite, my favorite Illinois coach. Yeah. And a man that strategy-wise and just the way he deported himself, just a class act. Nobody, I don't think, ever impacted the team as much on the court as he did and changing things and, and adjusting and, and that great record he had against Bob Knight and, he, and, and the way he would go zone to man-to-man. I mean, a lot of coaches, are, and I think under, uh, Underwood's among them, and Lou Henson was basically among them, and they hate to go to zone. They just don't want to say they don't practice zone. They don't want to play zone. But uh, Lon would practice it, and, and he would change in the middle of a, of a possession. Well, I called in. I'll never forget the game against Iowa late in the game. I think it was with Ronnie Lester at the point, but I can't remember where. They used to like to run under Tom Davis that box 1-2-2 look and down screen or cross screen, let the point guard drive off the top screen and screen away. And he came out in man-to-man. There were 14 seconds left in the game, 
and about two dribbles into it, he switched to a one-two-two zone. Yeah, you know what happens a lot of time as the clock runs down, and this is true of all games all the time. Somebody tries to drive, and if they're success, you know, and if you switch to a zone, you can't drive a zone very well. It's hard. It's yeah, hard. yeah. He he's he was a smart coach, and uh, yeah, guys drive because they want to make the official call a foul. I mean, you you have to drive late in the game because you you got to at least get to the foul line. You hope. By the way, did you see how uh, that one defender? Uh, in the Rutgers game, at the very end, just kind of dove away at midcourt so as not to commit a foul. What happened? Or not the, Ruck, not the <laughs> Rutgers defender, the uh, the uh, Purdue defender. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Right. And and yep. and uh, that was about the most amazing finish I've seen yet. Well, that was. But I, I tell you what, it should reinforce to people how much Coleman Hawkins is worth. Because he shut Harper down. Yeah. If he had a bad night, but he also only got five points because he's playing against a guy just about as quick as him with six ten with wingspan. And well, we see what happens when we go to to Rutgers because the home court has a lot of has, you know it's a big factor in these games. They won't play that way against everybody, but they they sure can uh, dial it up for that's for a big real games. Big factor at Rutgers because that's a that's a small band box. I mean that's a tough place to play. So What's else, what else is on your mind, Marty? Well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of do a little prayer every day that baseball would solve their problems so I could have some content on their websites again and I wouldn't have to watch rehashes of games from the 80s and 90s. And, you know, but, you know, what the heck. Hey, uh, I like what's happening in football. It's, uh, he's building a nice base. Now, can he build class upon class? I think he can, and that's the key because Illinois hasn't had – When's the last time Illinois had three straight good recruiting classes, solid recruiting classes in football? Oh, uh, almost never. Yeah, that's that's the key. So I, I think he's got a good base this year, and we'll see what happens next year. And people be patient because next year's schedule is not favorable. <laughs> the crossover games are murder next year. Yeah, it's really tough. We opened with Wisconsin early and uh, in the Big Ten, and of course – you got Michigan and Michigan State and the crossovers. I mean, and, and Penn State. How is, it, how is it we go to Penn State three straight years? Well, there's an answer to that. And the answer is that these games are scheduled in what, six year periods? Yeah. And we caught them at the end of one, and then we had a, 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 a it was a COVID situation in the middle, and now we're, this is the, the start of a new six. Game schedule, like yeah, six-year schedule. The game last season, 2020, was the bonus game, right? Okay. The, the, yeah. They played at the end. That was the last game they played. And that was not – that was a, determined by the, the, the standings. Here's an off Oh, good point. Since we're playing Arizona today, my brother, who watches and doesn't say much, unlike me, but he's a wise man, he thinks Luke Goody has the potential to, to be a uh, – a instigator, uh, kind of like Lucas Johnson. He thinks he has that capability. What do you think? I think he's got the capability to be a better basketball player than Lucas Johnson, but yeah. uh, I, don't, I don't. I don't see that anymore. I don't see that instigator factor. No. no. Yeah, I didn't either. But my brother says he's to see. You know what I, I see in Luke Goody? I see a bigger Doug Altenberger. I, I I'll repeat myself, but I I uh, Luke uh, Lucas Johnson and. Uh, introduced me to his wife recently, 
And I, I said, glad to meet you. I covered every foul he made. <laughs> <laughs> and you got, the, you got the notebook to prove it. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but I say a lot of things I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, Lucas Johnson's kind of like the Hanson brothers in the, in the movie Slapshot. Just, just, <laughs> you just love to watch him. If he's on your team, you sure love him, but. I remember a certain coach at Arizona didn't think very much of him. That's true. Hey, Marty, thanks for the call. Make it a great one, guys. You too. Let's go to Mark down in Jacksonville, Florida. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning. Um, the uh, the guy who's probably smiling ear to ear this morning is Will Wade down at LSU. Knowing that Pearl only got that, he probably won't get anything either. Neither will Self. Uh, but I don't know why they don't punish the programs. I know it seems unfair sometimes, but the programs benefit too, not just the coach from all the cheating. Well, so I, I think they ought to take scholarships away. Well, they did. They took a couple of scholarships away, but and, and but they, you know, the fact that the, the the most serious penalty is is not allowing them to compete in the NCAA tournament, and they did that willingly last year. So they do that in conjunction with the people that are investigating them and. And it's kind of an agreement. So the reason they're able to play this year is because they, they uh, uh, agreed not to compete last year. Yeah, it's a plea bargain. It's but, a plea bargain. And, and the interesting thing is they probably weren't good enough to be in it last year anyway. Right, and they knew that. That's why they pledged sure. to that. But the, it's, the irony is the guy who's going to get the most punishment out of all these people is Kofi Coburn. Well... Yeah, I mean, there there's more to it than just the three games, though. I mean, the the, the two games. I mean, they're 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 on probation in at uh, at Auburn. They're, you know, they. I suppose you would say that they have received national uh, acclaim <laughs> for their what they've done. He should have to show cause. That way, he can't go to Maryland. You know, without proving that he's not uh, there's no way he could prove he's not going to cheat because he's going to cheat wherever he goes yeah but you know she should be under one of those show cause penalties and i think he has been before if i'm not mistaken pearl i'm talking about you know i think that's right but i'm not sure it seems right but he came right back from it you know what his smartest move was when he was out of coaching he got espn to hire him and now he's got all those guys at ESPN on his side. All, yeah. They're all his buddies. They're all campaigning for him all the time. Yeah. yeah. They probably were the ones that voted him most likable coach. That's probably right. Them talk about him. Yep, that's probably right. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Yep, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Got a text here that said uh, Pearl shouldn't be coaching a YMCA team. He has too many media friends that, who love him. And uh, then somebody else texted in and said, Bruce Pearl for president. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he didn't say what country, though. (laughs) It's moving up on 930 WDWS, News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. And I like Saturday Sports Talk. We're going to get Doug Altenberger on the air uh, sometime during the show. He's got a little uh, issue he's dealing with this morning. So we'll follow that and coming up after this timeout we'll talk some Illinois basketball with Kedrick Prince from the Quad City Times and we're back with more after this stay with us welcome back to the show 9:30. Lauren Tate Steve Kelly Illinois Pella Saturday sports talk until 11 o'clock this morning Illinois basketball this afternoon at four o'clock pregame coverage begins at two we're right here on News Talk 1400 
DWS and 93.9 FM and Light Rock 97.5 as well. Busy day of college basketball, especially in Champaign-Urbana. Sellout crowd at State Farm Center on Stripe, the arena day. Orange in one section. What is it? Blue and even and orange and odd or vice versa, one or the other. It's one or the other. <laughs> You'll figure it out. <laughs> Check fightingillini.com on uh, how you might want to dress for the ball game if you're heading I, I always like to look and see how many guys got it opposite, got, yeah. it, got it wrong. Well, that's going to happen for sure. <laughs> some people say, well, if I'm supposed to wear orange, I'm going to wear blue <laughs> because I can. I don't have to get vaccinated. You can't tell me what color I right. need to wear. Kedrick Prince is on the line with us from the Quad Cities. Ked, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. You excited about this basketball game this afternoon? I really am. This is a statement game that Illinois needs to win. Coach Underwood said it. The players know it. They've been kind of downplaying it, but they know this is a statement win for the, a game for them today. They need this win really, really bad, I think. They've let some non-conference games slip away, and this is their last big opportunity to get one. Well, I, I would say one thing. Um, uh, this is a top 25 game. In other words, if Illinois wins the game, they're back in the top 25 without a doubt, and they will be watched more carefully uh, throughout the nation. And if they lose it, uh, you know, they're not going to be in there. I mean, because they're not in there now. And and even though the Iowa game is a, is certainly a, a big win, uh, we saw what Iowa State did to the Iowa pressure the other night. I mean, they just slaughtered Iowa. And uh, so – you know, Illinois has to win this game to get in the top 25. And once you get there, then people recognize you across the land every, you know, every time you play or every time the, the ratings come out. I don't think people realize. A lot of people will say, oh, the top 25 doesn't matter. I'm going to tell you why it matters. And if anybody wants to argue with me, you can give them my phone number and I'll, I'll argue with them. I saw a list yesterday of the top players in the country. Or even some of what was the Big Ten. And Kofi wasn't even mentioned. And you know why it wasn't mentioned? Illinois is not ranked, and people don't see them as being that top 25 team. If Kofi was ranked, like Iowa did when he was at Illinois, Iowa, you heard his name every time. It didn't matter what list that came out, his name was on it. Kofi's averaging a double-double. He was second and third at one point in the country in scoring, and nobody cared because they were losing. Once you start winning and you're a top 25 team, ESPN, all the national writers, they all start taking notice to you. Because right now, no matter how we see it, we, I, we, we cover Illinois, it's still Michigan and, uh, and right now Purdue. And I'm going to tell you, Michigan I'm not impressed with right now. I, I wasn't impressed with them before the season even started. I've always said Illinois is a better team. And granted, they haven't played yet, but I just think being ranked in top 25, it, it, it does matter. It makes a big difference. What does it matter to the, uh, to the uh, recruits? I mean, isn't that a big consideration for them? Yeah. You know what? Um, it, it does matter. It's funny you say that. There's a kid who's on campus right now. He's a 6'9", four-star kid named Akil Watson. And I was lucky enough to get the first interview with him. And, you know, talking to his dad, they didn't know a lot about Illinois. And you know how they learned? They were on TV all the time last year. And they were always on ESPN because he's, he's out of New York. Um, excuse me, he's out of, New, out of New Jersey. So they saw things. They saw highs. They saw clips. You know, and then so that's why I said it, it matters. And this is a kid that they really want. 
and they're they're doing a good job with recruiting because you know they got Dang Danger a couple weeks ago. Now you have another kid that's a 23 recruit who's a four-star kid. At one point, he was a number one player in in his class. So having said that, it does matter, and I don't I don't know why people try to downplay it. Yes, you have to play the games, and if you play, you'll you'll eventually be ranked. But it does make a big difference. I would hate to see Kofi not get his just due because the team's not ranked. And I don't think they're giving him only credit by without having Cabello. Trent's a great kid. He is busting his behind. He's not a point guard, and he never has been. But he's serviceable, and he's getting the job done. Cabello will not play today, according to uh, Brad Underwood. His status has not uh, changed. We don't know when we might see him, but... This is a, a real good opportunity for Kofi to have a big game on national TV and uh, and uh, Arizona will make him work for it. But uh, talk about the, that matchup on the inside. They've got some size for Kofi. I'm going to tell you guys, I don't – I mean, I've heard the same thing you guys probably did. This is the third biggest team in all college basketball. When I watched them dismantle Michigan, the first thing I thought about was Coleman Hawkins and Omar Payne because – if Illinois doesn't play them today, if they don't play well, I think they're going to struggle winning because they're big. Because there's guys out there the same size as Kofi, and if he lays it up today, if he doesn't dunk it, it's probably going to come back in his face because there's guys that can guard him, and then there's a 6'10 guy in the back waiting to block it. So this is a huge matchup for him. You know, I think he's proven himself nationally how good he is. But to get them in foul trouble and hopefully Coach Underwood could run some sets and high lows where there's no help defense and he doesn't bring the ball down and get a strip, get them in foul trouble. To me, the key to this game today, if they don't turn the ball over, if they could go stay under 12 turnovers a game, because 18 and 19 turnovers a game, that's a recipe for a loss. Take care of the basketball, 12 turnovers or less, and you get Kofi to get the big man in foul trouble and Coleman Hawkins can produce and give the on maybe 15 or 9 or 10 I think they I think they'll win the game. But if they don't and they turn the ball over and Kofi's is a no he's a no man, it's gonna be a long day. Arizona's good. They are they are definitely one of the top ten teams in the country. Whether well, Illinois beats them at home and they should. That's the one advantage they have is being at home. This is a very good team. It's a team I would not want to play in the tournament. For the record, oh, Illinois and Vegas is a two point underdog at home. But uh, that's like a toss up. Uh, yeah, I saw another one that had it as a pick up. Yeah, game. it's really a pick yeah. game. Nobody knows what to think of this uh, Arizona team. Everybody thinks they're really very good. It, it, I, I just wonder what language the coach talks over there because <laughs> he's got them from Cameroon and Maui and Sweden and France. And uh, I'm kidding, of course. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I asked Paul Klee, who we'll talk to later, I said, what language do they talk when or does Lloyd talk when he talks to the players? He says he talks winning. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> They're certainly winning. They're undefeated. But I also know a guy uh, in in Tucson who has a season ticket, hadn't gone all year because he said the teams they are playing aren't worth watching. So we'll see. Of course, Michigan's worth watching. We know that. But uh, maybe that wasn't a home game. I don't know where that game was played. It might have been. Played out in Vegas. Played them. It was out, it was on a neutral site. Okay. And actually, Illinois is a part of that tournament next year. It's, they always have a good, a great group of teams. So it was a neutral site, but they really embarrassed Michigan. And I, again, I just don't think Michigan's very good. I think Jawan Howard was lucky enough to win with uh, John Beeline's recruits, and I think that's wearing out now. So I guess we'll see how good of a coach he is, but. Being at home is, is going to make a big difference. This is going to be Arizona's true first road game against a high-quality, power-five opponent. 
I know the State Farm Center is going to be rocking, and I know the kids are motivated. I can tell you right now, they know. I've talked to some of the parents, and a couple of the kids had a hard time sleeping last night because they know this is what they came to Illinois for and to prove that they're one of the top teams in, in the country. Let's talk uh, recruiting for a couple of minutes with Kedrick uh, Prince, Jeremy Fears. You're very close to that family and uh, some of the work that you've done. Uh, he came out with a top five, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan State, UConn, and Kansas. Your thoughts on him as a player and Illinois' chances of landing him? I think the Illinois' chances right now, if I have to say on a scale of 1 to 10, I would say Illinois is probably an 8. Uh, Michigan State – and Michigan are really putting pressure on him. I mean, I don't – Illinois is not doing that. I mean, I think that they're, they're in the driver's seat. I would be lying if I told you anything differently. But Michigan State called him this week because he told me Tom Izzo doesn't want him to come back to Champaign. He wants to get him to Michigan State and close the deal, and, and so does Michigan. A lot of people don't understand how good this kid is. They People can they, – all they look at is stats. They look at if a kid's going 25, 30 points a game – if you look at this kid's history, you know, he has done nothing but one wherever he's gone. He was in eighth grade before he went to Joliet. They had the worst loss in the history of the school. When he was a freshman on Joliet, they won 31 games. He went to the EYBL, and he dominated there, and they went to the championship game. I just think he does nothing but win, and he's he's a pass-first point guard. And what Tom Izzo has said, and he's put in his head a million times, even though the kid's too young, you're the next between teams of the Big Ten. And if you look at his game, that's what it's like. This guy can run a team. He's just really, really good at what he does, and he thinks pass first, and he gets his teammates involved. Even when he's sitting on the bench, his cheering is affectionate. He wants to win. And the, what sold him on Illinois was I.O.D. Simo. Seeing what I.O. did for Illinois, stayed home. The kid's all about challenges. He doesn't run away from a challenge. He's seeing I.O.'s name on billboards in Chicago. That sold him. That was probably the biggest reason that Illinois put themselves in position to land a kid like this. What else is new on the uh, trail there? Uh, Illinois has got offers out to a lot of people, but uh, give us uh, some names of guys that are high on that list. Well, like I told you today, this Akil Watson kid right now that's on campus today, he is big. He's a big-time recruit that they really, really, really want. Um, I think he knew – Coach Tim Anderson um, prior to on the UIBL circuit, but prior to coming to the University of Illinois. But right now, what Illinois is doing, they put themselves in a position where they don't have to scramble anymore. If you look at on paper, they have nothing but four and five star recruits, and now they're able to kind of pick and choose. And but yes, they have offers, but a kid like this, or you know, they're they're recruiting kids that can play and be on the court and not just a roster filler is what I used to say all the time. So, And this kid is a guy who can play on the perimeter. He's a more polished, I hate to say this, uh, uh, Coleman Hawkins. You know, because he, he's used to playing on the perimeter. He's a, a little bit much better shooter than Coleman, um, I think. But right now, I think all their focus is on him. And then the other guy that I would think they're focusing on is a 2023 kid as a guard out of um, Arizona Prep. His name is Kylan Boswell, who's Jeremy Francis' Jeremy Fears, best friend, they're very, very close, who grew up in Champaign. Those are the two kids right now that I think they're really putting some time in. Um, I know Chester's got some feelers out, but they're really focusing on those two kids right now. Boswell is a five-star recruit because he can shoot it, and his range is like Jaden shoots. So they feel like they're in a good situation with him, and that's going to go down between Illinois and Arizona, I think, before it's all said and done. Talked to his dad Wednesday. 
and they're all glued into this game today. Ted, what do you hear on uh, on Curbelo? What, is there any indication that you're getting that he might be getting close to coming back where he could practice and then ultimately come back to the team? Yes, I have. Um, I heard next week is when he may start to do it. I, I listened to the press conference yesterday. And, you know, as Steve mentioned, he's out today. I don't think he's far away. And what I want the fans who listen to this, the university and the school has to protect these student-athletes. And do I know what's wrong with Cabello? Sure I do. But it's not my job. It's not my place to go out and say that to that kid. I wouldn't want people saying it to, about my kids, and I certainly understand why they don't do it. I think he's – a lot of people are canceling him. I'm thinking he's going to redshirt. I don't think that's a possibility. I do think there's a chance that he's going to come back in the next couple of weeks. Um, and like Brad said yesterday, he's getting better. And you can see Brad was genuine. It wasn't coached yesterday. He's close to coming back. Well, Kendrick, if you had to make a prediction, what would you think uh, is going to happen this afternoon at uh, the State Farm Center? Well, my heart, I'm going to say Illinois, 80, Arizona, 75. But in my head, I don't know. I, it's, it's hard because I really don't think people know how good this team They're big, and they can shoot it. So, I'm just I, I'm gonna stick with my heart today on this one. I'm not gonna say a loss because it's at home. So, so that's my take. Good stuff. We always enjoy talking uh, with you, Kedrick. Thanks for your time. Thanks. Appreciate having me on, guys. You bet. Ked- you yep, Kedrick Prince from the uh, Quad Cities Times at nine forty six, and we'll take a timeout and be back with more on the Line I Pedal Saturday Sports Talk after this. Welcome back to the program, everybody. Steve Kelly with Lauren Tate, and this is Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk. We're headed towards 11 o'clock, and many of these same voices will be back with you this afternoon for our pregame coverage as Illinois takes on Arizona at the uh, State Farm Center this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Our pregame coverage begins at 2. Let's say good morning to uh, radio analyst Doug Altenberger, who's not working the game but has plans on being down here today. Doug, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, doing good. Yeah, I can't. I can't I'm really excited. I saw on uh, Instagram they had a, uh, a neat little thing with Brad putting the uh, orange shirts and and uh, the, the different sections, and and uh, I guess the place will all be uh, orange and blue. And uh, as I was telling one of my uh, friends, I said uh, he was asking me about the game, and I said, you know, as a player, these are, these are the games you live for. This is, the, this is what you sign up to play uh, in college basketball, and. Uh, It'll be a great atmosphere, and the place will be rocking. So I can't wait to get down there. Now, you bring in two-color shirts, uh, so in case you're not sure which one to, to wear for what section you're sitting in. Well, well Steve, I'm a veteran, as Coach Hensley <laughs> would say. And, and uh, I'll have a blue shirt with an orange sweater, so I can go. For, I, there you I, go. <laughs> that That's a pregame thought there. And I was thinking we had scheduled to have Doug on at 9.15, and we had to uh, make an adjustment. I was thinking during one of the breaks now, what would Lou Henson say? He'd say, Steve, <laughs> now now sometimes you have to make adjustments. <laughs> yeah, so anyway. And, but and yeah, yeah, and yeah, no, it'll be. Uh, I could, you know, that's that's the cool part. You know, it's. Uh, hey, you Brad, give Brad uh, Underwood, and everything, all that. You know, he's really turned the program around, and we're back to you know. Doug, I got to ask you uh, if uh, Lou was around today. What what would he be rea- his reaction when he sees teams games in which there are fifty three point shots attempted? <laughs> 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 well, I, I think I think coach like, coach used to say when the three point line when that first came out my last year, 
he'd say, now, Doug, we want you to shoot some three-pointers, but not too many. (laughs) (laughs) I figured you would say, just as long as you make them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But, yeah, the game has has dramatically changed. Some teams live by the three and die by the three. We're we're fortunate because we've got, you know, Kofi in there who can – you know, score as well as anybody in college basketball in the paint area. So that's always a good uh, good go-to. Talking Illinois hoops with Doug Altenberger. We've got a call. Phone line is open, 217-356-9397. A U of I basketball question from Richmond, Kentucky. Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, guys. Uh, great show. And, uh, yeah, my question is, or, or maybe the comment, uh, is I believe – Arizona probably won't double-team Kofi uh, at the game this afternoon, and which could definitely be different from what we've been used to uh, playing offensively um, the past several games. Which Well, well let me, let me cut in on you right there. Uh, yeah. Underwood says that uh, this is one of the strengths that they have. They do double-team. They double-team everybody at the post. So that's what he said anyway, and he scouted them, and I haven't. <laughs> so... I, you know, I, I was going to ask uh, Doug about, you know, you know when they double-team, just, how, you know, we got to hit shots. I mean, you're going to hit threes because we're going to have – I think we'll have open shooters. Okay, then that's the opposite of what I was thinking just because when I've, I've watched Arizona just a few times briefly. Well, have you? Their big man, he is, he is tall and athletic and a very good shot blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of reminds me of an Omar Payne, but just more – under control and a little bit more athletic, but uh, so I—that's I, I, why I was thinking they wouldn't double team Kofi to try to keep our shooters from uh, not being so open. So that that, that would be uh, different than, um, and obviously Underwood knows better than I do uh, on the scouts. So well, it might um, depend again, on who who uh, Coloco is playing against. You know, if he's their center. That's true. I mean, if they got somebody that's not a big scorer, you wouldn't double team. But if you got a guy like Kofi, I would think you. What do you think, Doug? Um, well, I watched the Michigan game. They did uh, uh, double team um, with the big fella from the center. Was it Dick Dickinson? Yeah, Dickinson, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah they, they double team him, um, and but they rotated very well. Once you kick the ball out, I was really impressed with their defensive rotation because uh, um, so you've got to have good spacing. So if our guys are – in the wrong spot and they double team, they're going to be able to recover because they've got a lot of length. Um, and that's one of the things we don't really have, you know, Plummer and Frazier are, are, are shorter. So the, the question for me would be, okay, those guys are going against guys with a lot of length. So they're going to have to get good spacing and get a quick release. Um, and so I assume they'll double team and then they'll rotate uh, and, and, you know, and then size back up with, with the guards. Um, so that's that's what I think they'll do. And they're real good at it defensively. They're very disciplined, and they're very athletic. Again, uh, one, we haven't really gone against a team. Maybe, you know, Cincinnati had a little bit of it where they had a lot of length. Uh, and, um, but I, we're, we're in such a better place than we were, you know, two or three weeks ago. Um, Anything else, Steve? Yeah, and I, I think to, to add on to that, uh, one thing I haven't heard talked about a lot is uh, Plummer. Uh, what I've been so impressed with him is how high he elevates when he shoots the ball. Um, I mean, he is, what, six six one, so he's not real tall. But, man, does he really elevate when he pulls up and shoots that ball. 
which should help against that length uh, that you're describing there uh, to rise up and, and, and still be able to shoot um, that, that three. So uh, I've just been so impressed with the way he shoots the ball and how high he gets on his, uh, his jump shot and his three-point shot. Hey, Steve, thanks. We appreciate you listening down there in uh, Richmond, Kentucky, the home of the Eastern Kentucky Colonels. Thanks. <laughs> That's right. All right, go line. See you. I want to ask uh, Doug about Kofi on defense in this game. This is, is is this a game where we won't have to worry about him coming out on pick and rolls very much? Well, you know, that Lauren, that's a good question. And there's going to be a lot of pro scouts who are going to be at this game, and they're going to want to see uh, if he's able to to uh, defend that. And uh, we're going to we're going to find out. Um, I personally think they were going to have to make a little bit more of adjustments. He might not try it first, but Kofi might have to come out of his comfort zone there and, and, and hedge. He really hasn't done much of that so far this year, hasn't really been needed to. But I think because of the talent of that, that they are, that he's going to maybe have to, you know, um, yeah, it's going to be the, it's going to be a big question mark. So I don't know. I'm sure Brad will make adjustments, but uh, I'm assuming he's going to have to come out a little bit more than he has so far this season. He's been really soaking up the lane uh, and just been sort of playing like that zone. And then what they do is they sort of figure out, they switch, they do other things. So they've been able to do so far with the personnel they've played. Um, you know, he hasn't been able to do much. Yeah, hasn't, that hasn't been, they haven't asked him to do that quite yet. Plumber certainly off to a great uh, shooting season, and we're early yet, I get that, but uh, he, he uh, has been very effective. And you and I were talking on the phone earlier this week, Doug, about over the years, can you can you think of right off the top of your head uh, a better shooter than him? And, again, the, the jury's still out on uh, over time how that's going to be, and we both scratched our heads a little bit. I think I came up with Corey Bradford as as a guy that remind you know that I think of when I think of great shooters. What about you? Well, I I thought the kid from Peoria, Jamar's, uh, Smith, yeah, mm-hmm. who had a mm-hmm. really quick release. You know, those first couple of years, it was like, whoa, that guy. I mean, he left him up for a second, he buried it, yeah, and, uh, and it was pure. And you know, Brad, I you know, we I before the season started. He had a little thing up in Chicago with some of the former players, and he he told me he said, he said Doug, I've never seen a kid shoot ball like this ever. And he said he's, he's unbelievable, and uh, I'm like okay. And you know he took him a, a few games uh, to to get a feel. But you know I was telling Steve Lauren that you know when I played I had like I had uh, Ken Norman, and I've you know Kenny was great in the post, so I, I got over to his side as much as I could because I dumped that ball. <laughs> And I would know, you know, sometimes when, when some, 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 the big guys don't always pass it back out, Lauren. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> you know, they say double team, and he'd eventually, you know, I get some open shots on his wing. So, you know, Plumbers really figured out how to operate with Kofi uh, and use him and to get open and spread the floor. And, uh, you know, he's just, you know, he's now it's clicking and he feels comfortable out there. And when a shooter feels comfortable, uh, watch out. I mean, you know, not they're going to make every one of them, but, you know, that basketball, I mean, that, that rim looks huge. So right now, you know, he's been just a shot in the arm for us because he, uh, not only is he shooting the ball well, but his energy out there, the way he carries himself, 
the way he just attacks the basket. Um, he's he's taking a lot of pressure off of Demonte. You know, he he doesn't have to worry about scoring that much. Trent does score, but you know he's not always that consistent. But he gives you the other part of his game every day. He shows up, so he's just been a real. I mean, for for us and uh, with Grandison now getting healthy and starting to, to to play better, he's starting to get a better feel now. Um, those two guys, you know, played phenomenal at Iowa. So, you know, it's uh, you know they're they're. I mean, I expect this is going to be a great game, and it's it's going to be these guys are ready. You know, they're just in a better place, and they're playing a lot better. And it's just you know, I I have a feeling this is uh, you know Arizona uh, as much success they've had so far this season. They're you know they're coming into Champaign, and it's going to be a whole different world. I don't you know if they're ready for it, but we'll see. Yep, Doug, we'll see you down here. Uh, both okay. hands on the wheel today, Doug. It's very windy yeah. out there. <laughs> Well, welcome to Central Illinois. It's a little windy. So, exactly. All right, guys. See you. Take Doug. care. Doug Altenberger with us, and he'll be on his way to uh, Champaign-Urbana for that uh, basketball game this afternoon. We have uh, taken care of our number one. Let's, well, let's squeeze in one more call real quick. Bill out in Ogden. Go ahead, Bill. How you guys doing? Um, I wanted to know if uh, speed is, is on our side, and if we could get them out to double-team the perimeter, pump fake, Get in the middle, maybe hit some jump shots. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's certainly possible. And they've got some speed themselves. They, they're they a high-paced team. They like to get out and run the ball. I think the key, and not that you're wrong on that, and Bill, because I'm not sure of the answer, but I think one of the keys for Illinois is the fact that they're such a good rebounding team, especially on the offensive end. We'll see if you can rebound against this team. Exactly. But and keep them if, from if, running. If you were going to break down the, the players play, uh, player by player, except for center, their players are ranked individually, ranked more highly than Illinois players. Right. I mean, that's just... Are, a, they, are they like 6'6 six, six across the board? I mean, oh, no, they're, six, they're, se- they're seven foot six eleven up front, and, they're, and their guards are big. I mean, they, this is a big team. And they're talented, and they're as I said, they're the best players out of their particular countries. They're, six of the first seven players are from are international. They're from outside the county, aren't they? Outside, <laughs> outside the country. No, they got one guy I from. I've Mont- seen them play. I've seen them on ESPN the other night, and they I don't know who they beat, but they beat them pretty soundly. They beat Wyoming. Yeah, who? Like, well, they beat the heck out of Michigan. That's the yeah, main thing. Yeah, I mean, they beat Wyoming, and they'd been undefeated, but uh, yeah, they handled them by. Almost 30. 30 yeah. Hey, Bill, thanks. Appreciate well, I'm, it. I'm hoping for the best. All right, yeah. bye-bye. Okay, yeah. you bet. 10 o'clock, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk is coming up after this. It's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the program, everybody. As we begin hour number two, headed towards 11 o'clock, Illinois and Arizona this afternoon, 4 o'clock at the State Farm Center, a sold-out crowd on hand for that. Arizona comes in number 11 in the country. We're going to learn more about the Wildcats now as we welcome uh, to the program Greg Hansen from the Arizona Daily Star. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Hey, good, Steve. How about you? We're hanging in there. Excited for uh, this ball game today to see uh, 
how these two teams fare. You know, you don't usually, unless you're in one of those conference uh, matchup games like the Gavit Games or the Big Ten ACC uh-huh. Challenge or the Pac-12 and whoever they team up with, you don't see many of these kind of non-conference games uh, on your home court during the course of the year. And uh, it'll be good to see how this shakes out. Uh, tell us more about Arizona. What uh, has made them as good as they are to get that number 11 ranking? <clears throat> They've got three really good players, uh, Ben Matherin, Azulis Tubelis, and, and Kirk Kreisa. Uh They're all sophomores, and uh, I don't think people expect them to be this good because last year they played a slow game, and Tommy Lloyd came in and got them playing an extremely fast game, and their their skills came to the fore, and it kind of cut that not only local people off guard, but I think those who follow national ba- college basketball. And the only, the only thing is they haven't, they played one good team, Michigan. And otherwise they really haven't played a good team. So who knows if this is real or not. Were those, uh, were those guys there when Lloyd got there? I know he has an international background himself, but uh, yeah. I, I wonder if those guys were already there. <clears throat> Sean Miller got them in his last gasp because he couldn't really recruit the elite Americans anymore because Arizona was basically on a probation without being on probation, waiting for the findings of the long, you know, it's four and a half years now investigation. So they went to Europe and got those three guys. Um, and they're really good. I mean, that Benedict Matherin is a, he's going to be a lottery pick. He, he's just, He's like a missile, and he can jump, and he's got all the tools, and he's been spectacular thus far. But they haven't faced anything like they're going to face today. In I still call it Assembly Hall. I've been there a couple of times, but they haven't faced a hostile crowd. Their only two road games were on neutral sites, so this would be new. This, this is Lauren. I, I when I when I see. Um... Uh, Tommy Lloyd coming in there and taking over a an international team is what it amounts to. Yeah. Is that why he was hired? I mean, he was the guy that was recruiting exactly those players for Gonzaga. Yeah. Is Was that the reasoning for bringing him in over some other more experienced coaches? He hadn't been a head coach. You know, I don't think it was because they were looking for the opposite of Sean Miller and a guy who had been uh, with a brand. Okay. And – once you meet him, it's like, wow, how come someone else didn't hire this guy? His personality is so engaging, and you like him immediately. He, he's so different from the, the traditional college basketball coach who, you know, Lloyd described uh, Brad Underwood as oozing toughness. Mm-hmm. Well, Lloyd doesn't ooze toughness. He, he oozes positivity. And you know, Sean Miller was the exact opposite of that. I'm not trying to bang on Sean Miller, but he, he was a dour. He was like his brother at Indiana, hmm. a guy who didn't go out in the community, a guy who played a slow, slow down offense. And uh, I mean, he kind of burned everybody out here and they got the opposite, which maybe that's a good way to do it. But, you know, he'd been around excellence for 20 years at Gonzaga. And, and you can see, it didn't take long to realize he was – Mark Few must have hated to lose him because he is really sharp. He um, – I mean, he's in charge without being domineering, and 
I know he's only coached eight games here, but he sure looks like he was a terrific hire. And you would expect this international recruiting to continue then, I suppose, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's that was his number one um, identity. And I know he went over there again last summer for a while. He, he didn't bring any – well, he brought a reserve guard back with him from France. Um, but he hasn't begun to, to bring guys back. He only signed one guy in the early period. So I'm thinking he's going to bring in, a, you know, a handful of European guys uh, sometime in the next few months. Well, the, the, Pac, uh, the Pac-12 really came on strong last season at tournament time, and it looks like this is carrying over, although what's the depth like in, in the – I mean, I know about UCLA, and I know, I know USC was very good last year, and, and Arizona now. What, what's the depth in that conference? It's not good. Um, Oregon is going to have an, a bad year. They haven't yeah. really had – they've been good almost every year for about 10 years, but this isn't going to be one of their years. Um, they basically did a complete roster overhaul, and I've seen them on TV a couple of times. And I, unless Dana Altman's a magician, they're not going to be in the tournament. And I think actually the fourth best team in the league is probably Washington State. Um, they're an upcoming. They've got a really good young coach named Kyle Smith, and uh, they're probably the fourth best club in the league. Bobby Hurley at Arizona State. Whew, everyone's been expecting him to to hit the you know, to be a national figure, but I mean, they only scored 29 points in a home game a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> and they lo- and they also lost at home to Riverside. Ooh, so uh, maybe he's not going to get it done there. And so it's basically three teams, I think. Uh, USC really has players. I, mean, I, I don't know if if their coach can be any better than he's been, but and then of course UCLA is loaded. Talking to Greg Hansen from the Arizona Daily Star. A couple of more minutes with uh, Greg. Back to Tommy Lloyd. Was was he a popular choice at the time of, uh, as far as the fan base goes, at the time of the hiring? And uh, if whatever the answer is there, was there somebody else that uh, that they talked to or that the fans may have wanted instead? I don't think they talked. Well, the other guy was Josh Passner at Georgia Tech. Okay. Um, they did. They went out and talked to him. In fact, he thought he was getting the job. Um, they had just come off a, his first good run as the head coach of Georgia Tech. They got to the tournament, and um, you know he was um, he was rose through the ranks as a walk-on here, and he coached for Lou Olson. And I think half of the people wanted him, and the other half strangely wanted Sean Miller to keep the job. And Lloyd was kind of an out of nowhere pick. The university president here went and got him. He, He's been all hands-on. University president here has hired the last two football coaches and the basketball coach. So I think people were a little bit reticent to see if if Lloyd was ready. Um, But it turns out, I think, that the president had good instincts on this one. It was the same guy who hired Kevin Sumlin to be the football coach here. And, you know, Sumlin couldn't have cared less um, to to go to work every day, so he <laughs> looks like he hit one and missed one. <laughs> I wish you hadn't said that about him. I think we were interested in him, weren't we, Steve? Uh, what, one time, yeah. Someone was uh, was high on our list. I think that back. Yeah. I, th- I think he would have gotten the job, but he turned it down. I think. Is that yeah? He just he just stopped. His energy fizzled out, and he just went through the motions. Didn't recruit. Surrounded himself with lower tier assistant coaches, and 
left him in the, the biggest hole you could be left in. So you mentioned the NCAA investigation there has been going on for four years or whatever. What, yeah. what, what's the latest on that, or is there a latest? What do you think might happen? And that's a good question. There has never been, quote, the latest, <laughs> because it, the investigation happened on, began on, in September of 2017, and nothing, nothing. I mean, they, the assistant coach, Book Richardson, was fired and actually served three months in prison, and nothing happened. It just made it impossible to recruit, and um, they wouldn't re-up Sean Miller's contract as a result, and it, you know, it ran out, basically. And so I thought yesterday when Auburn's um, findings – you know, they didn't get another year probation were announced. It, it was a signal that maybe they're ready to announce Arizona's. And um, but the difference is the NCAA did Auburn's, and that new IARP board is doing Arizona's investigation. Um, so, and there's still a couple other programs that seem to be ahead of Arizona on the timeline. So it, it could be, heck, a couple more months. I don't know. Nobody knows. We'll let you go with this. You've seen some good Illinois-Arizona games in, oh, the, yeah. in the past. What do you expect today? You expect another one of those kind of games? I do. Um, I just can't picture Arizona winning in that setting. Um, you know, big game, sellout crowd. They haven't faced that. You know, in the Pac-12, you rarely get a, a sellout crowd on the road. Uh, so, and it'll be, I know it, the Big Ten is so much different than the Pac-12 on the road. And I, I think that crowd will be worth 10 points. And Illinois has good enough players to stop Arizona's, you know, 95 points a game offense. Well, you, so mentioned, think, uh, you mentioned your top three players are sophomores. Is that right? I mean, are they really, yeah. so, are they really sophomores, uh, you know, in age? Or are they just, uh, you know, uh, we always wonder about players from Europe or overseas. Yeah. I think they're legit sophomores. Um, they look like they're about 19 or 20. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're, they've never played in a situation like they're going to play in today. Yep. Hey, Greg, appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. See you yep. later. Long. Thanks, Greg. Good, good, to, good, to, good to talk to you again. That's Greg Hansen from the Arizona Daily Star out in Tucson. Moving up on 10-15, we'll take a timeout and be back with more. Alani Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. It is 10-17. This is Alani Pella Saturday Sports Talk. With Lauren Tate, I'm Steve Kelly, and we're with you, as always, from 9 to 11. Illinois basketball this afternoon, Illinois and number 11, Arizona, at the sold-out State Farm Center. Four o'clock is the tip time for that. You can hear it right here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network. Pre-game coverage beginning a couple of hours early at, uh, or a couple hours before that, at 2 o'clock, as is the standard case, two hours before game day or before tip-off. Greg McMahon, our old friend from Rantoul and his days in Champaign-Urbana as an assistant coach, uh, EIU graduate, uh, is on the line with us this morning from Louisiana. Greg, how are you? Steve, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. We hear news this week that uh, you're going to, to retire from coaching, at least for now. Is that accurate? Yes. My contract runs out in March, and I told Ed before the season, hey, this is uh, – this will be my last year and uh, going to get some surgery on my knees and uh, try to get a little healthier. And then uh, once April 1st hits, we'll, we'll figure out what's next, uh, what's next on the horizon. 
been kind of interesting, to say the least, down there in, in Baton Rouge in the recent weeks and months, hasn't it? Yes, it's uh, it's just part of uh, part of the industry. I mean, it's just uh, it's just the way it is now. So uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting, but it's been exciting. You know, Greg, this is Lauren I, uh, Kelly. Um, I, I, I I'm going to ask you how Kelly's accepted down there because a lot of people in the Midwest have been mm, pretty critical of him leaving Notre Dame, and they got a big bowl game coming up, and everybody seems to be doing that. They just leave when the regular season is over, but uh, how has been the acceptance down there? Um, I, I think good. Look, uh, <laughs> Nick Saban, year three, won a national championship. Les Miles, year three, won a national championship. Ed Orgeron, year three, uh, won a national championship. So No I'll pressure, you know huh? <laughs> I'll let you know in three years. <laughs> so they, they sure that – and, again, he's a – tremendous tremendous coach but this is uh this is certainly driven by wins well there's, there's got to be a lot of pressure on him i'm sure of that and it's just is he uh did you talk to him about i mean when he came down there i mean before you stepped aside or, or? yeah um lauren I, I met him when he was in his third year uh a friend of ours you know and, and yours is harry he's standing harry oh yeah harry's one of my dear friends harry harry became the old line coach and so harry called and said hey come speak at the Notre Dame clinic. And so I flew down there, I don't know, eight, nine years ago, and I got to meet Coach Kelly. And then when we played them in the Citrus Bowl in 2017, uh, I got a chance to be around him. I don't – I mean, Coach Kelly knows who I am. I know who he is. Uh, uh, I, I was definitely retiring, regardless who the head coach was. But when he got in here day one, came to my office, and he was he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just told him, hey, I'm retiring, Coach, and – I really don't need to coach in this bowl game, and he was—he was—he couldn't have been better. And uh, boy, I, I pull for him, man. We're Tigers, and uh, he'll do a great job. He's a good man. Well, you're—you're you're leaving uh, coaching this year at a time when it's certainly a big muddle. <laughs> They're just players in the in the portal everywhere, quarterbacks everywhere, coaches changing right in the middle of a. Not in the middle of the season, but at the end of a season with all these bowl games coming up. What's your feeling about the game as it stands right now? You know, I was just watching uh, College Game Day, and uh, I don't remember who said it, but uh, there's a coaches coaches portal also, and so the coaches oh. are getting these portals, and so it it is absolutely free agency. It's player free agency. It's coaches free agency. It's just. Uh, but listen, when you start paying $100 million for 10 years to coach this game, it is absolutely crazy. So, uh, and you get a, you know, you get a guy who gets an NIL and he makes $1.2 million and then he transfers. And so it's just, <laughs> it's the wild, hey, it's just, it's a little different back when, uh, when Coach Elliott was the head coach at Illinois. What's the NIL like at LSU? Uh, you know what? It's so crazy that I don't even try to, I, I couldn't tell you because A, I, I don't really care, and B, uh, I, I don't even follow it. But I know our guys have it and stuff. And uh, but it's just uh, look, it's just time for me to be done. <laughs> <laughs> Does uh, LSU have any guys that might be interested in coming to the Midwest <laughs> and playing well, in Illinois? Hey, hey, how about this? One of my good friends uh, coaches in the Mid America Conference. I talked to him the other day. He was sitting on Rutgers campus. I think I told Lauren this. He was sitting on Rutgers campus 
getting ready to go in the cafeteria to have him a visit with one of their players in the portal. And then he was getting on a plane and fly to Penn State to do the same thing. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, and I was telling him, I said, well, back in the day, we used to fly to Coffeyville, Kansas, and Fort Scott, and Hutchinson Junior College, and, you know, at Harper up in Chicago. Now, now these guys are flying. It, it's, uh, it's just a new, uh, it's a new time in college football. Just walking right into the campus, right in, <laughs> talk to him right in front of the other coach. Huh? <laughs> well, I ask compliance. It's it, once you put, and the thing about going into the portal, you don't go to the coaches or anything. You go right into uh, compliance, and then they put your name in. Like it, like you don't have to talk to anyone. It's just an automatic, and then it it comes out. And now you're a free agent. It's free agency. Well, who's going to kill coach LSU in the bowl game? What a great question. Um, <laughs> it's going to be. Uh, for lack of a better way, it's the lame duck staff. So it's going to be Brad Davis, who's the O-line coach, is going to be the interim head coach for the bowl game. And then uh, all the coaches that are still under contract under Ed Orgeron are going to coach in it. Now you've got a guy like me who's retiring, or uh, uh, Corey Raymond took a job at Florida. So, But the thing that's so different now, particularly down here, is we have so many young analysts and uh, consultants, there's probably 20, 30 guys. So it'll just be the next man up and, uh, they'll coach to the bowl. But I just, uh, uh, and then, and then as coach Kelly hires his staff, which, cause you have recruiting, you know, signing days uh, is Wednesday. So you've got, they, they got a huge recruiting weekend this weekend. So you've got the new guys coming in that are doing the recruiting. Then you've got the guys <laughs> that are on their way out doing the coaching. And I, I go, coach Kelly was great. I said, coach, I'm way too old to do that. I'm not doing that. Like, there's, there's no way. Now wait a minute. You're what, 61? Listen, listen. You're I just a kid, this. Lauren. It's finally happened. I finally have passed you up. <laughs> like the gap's been getting, and now all of a sudden I'm older than you, and I don't know how the hell that happened. But I'm older than you. No, you're, it sounds like your knees might be older than, than Lauren. <laughs> yeah, Lauren. Lord's taught me the other day going, I don't have any replacements. Oh my gosh, almighty. Can still hit the golf ball. Probably can still play softball, and I can't really walk. So, so what are you going to do uh, as you think this out that, that you haven't had a chance to do in all these years of coaching? What are you looking forward to, to doing the most? Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, we'll figure out what we're going to be led. I was telling my brother, he has this card lot. McMahon Auto Sales in Mantula, and I told him, I said, keep that bay open. I could be detailing cars for him and my dad <laughs> and uh, all those guys that are sitting around there probably today listening to the radio or TV or whatever. But uh, you know what, Steve, I don't know. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Our our daughter and her husband and our two grandchildren are here. Our our our, our youngest son, Sam's 27. He coaches at U-High right here on campus, which is a football power. Last night, they finished 13-0, and they won the state championship. He's really? wide receiver coach and uh, special teams coordinator. So we're still celebrating a state championship. And then our oldest son, Drew, who played at Illinois, him and his wife, Jesse, and our two grandkids are in Glen Allen. So, and, you know, my dad and my sister and my brother are all still in Rancho. So we'll, 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 we'll figure it out. I'm going to get my, my, my knees taken care of, and then uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, once April rolls around, we'll uh, – you know, I'm hey. watching this Army-Navy game. I told Linda, I said, man, I wouldn't mind coaching to, like, Army or Navy or – Doing something, man. I could figure that out. Go, at least go to the game. Would you have to recruit at Army or Navy? <laughs> Crap, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. You know, I, I, hey, I'm looking for one of those jobs where they pay you pretty decent. And you only you don't have to work as hard. And I don't know. Where, <laughs> I, 
Well, I don't know where those jobs uh, th- that's what you, you need. One of those analyst jobs. That's what I told you. You get get yeah. one of those. You don't yeah. have to recruit. You just stay in the office. Yeah. And when you know, maybe when five o'clock comes, I don't think you can go home, but maybe you can. <laughs> you know, you know, Steve. It was funny. I I was telling Linda. You know, it's great to wake up on a Saturday morning in the fall, and I look outside. I don't really care if it's windy or rainy because when your special teams like. Like last night, Sam's coaching special teams, and I, you know, I'm sitting there, as a, and, and my coach deal goes on. I'm, okay, the wind's blowing this way, so this quarter you got to do this, and the wind's blowing. And I'm like, God, stop it, man! Like, I just, <laughs> you, know, you do it for you, you know, it's, you do it for this many years. You just look at that stuff, and I don't have to worry about that. You may have answered this question a couple of minutes ago, but what will you miss the least about uh, being a full-time football coach? Well, I. Um, Maybe something about recruiting, perhaps, the way it's gotten these days. Well, I've always enjoyed recruiting. Man, I love being around people. I'm sure I get that from my dad. I I like to talk to people. I like to build relationships. Uh, um, I've I've always enjoyed that. I think this, and it's me, the gap has gotten a little bigger. Uh, You know, it's just so different now. I mean, it's, it's social media, and these poor guys are under so much scrutiny now. So if... You know, if, if if they don't play well or they bust a coverage, well, they can go turn on their phone and go on Twitter and they'll just get gutted. And I'm like, why do you guys look at that? Like, why why let someone else tell you what, what kind of value you have, good or bad? So I would say just kind of how things are changing with social media and, and, and all those things. I won't miss that crap at all. Well, what about uh, the, the years that you were with the New Orleans Saints? How was that different from college other than recruiting? Um. Um, you know, my perceptions probably like a lot when I got in there, like, okay, these guys are this, and, and, and again, I'm changed. I was only on one, one NFL team, but I was there 11 years and I could tell you it was, it would be like, uh, coaching Navy SEALs. Like these are the best of the best of the best of they're the, they're the top 1% of what they do. They were professionals. They were driven. They were coachable. They wanted to be developed. They, you know, you have to know your stuff and they had to trust what you were teaching them, but. I loved it, and I loved the men, and I'm still close to them. And uh, it was uh, it was a tremendous uh, opportunity, and I, I, I thought they were great. Let's take a call for Greg McMahon before we let him go. Lou in Champaign, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi, Greg. Uh, this is Lou. I'm not I'm not done uh, following you as your top groupie, so you have to have at least one more stint and. Uh, just want to congratulate you on a great career. And uh, also, for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure Steve and Lauren do, Greg comes from an impeccable family in Rantoul. Uh, grew up with him. I've known him over 50 years. Total class act. And uh, we have one more road trip to follow you somewhere, Greg. All right? Hey, Louie. Uh, hey, Louie, I look forward to it. Hey, Louie and his mom, his mom took care of us growing up, and uh, his brother George. And Hey, Louie, we will definitely put the band back together. I may be in the band with you, but we're going to do something. <laughs> hey, going to get us tickets, Louis. though? Louie, tell your mom uh, I said hey, hello. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Give my best to Linda. We love you, Greg. You're, you're, you're awesome, and thanks a lot. I right. definitely will tell my mom. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lou, for the call. Greg, we appreciate your time. Always good to catch up with you. We'd like to do it again if you get up this way sometime. We'll have you in the studio with you gotta us. You've got to be here in March. you got to be here in March. Yeah, I'll be, 
Yeah, I'll be up, and I've already, you know, I've already, I already got it. I've got, I'm, I tell Bob, I tell Osmos, I'm buying. <laughs> so my, it's my shot, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll dig in some of that retirement money. But I've got, uh, I've got breakfast, okay? All right. <laughs> Sounds we're, we're good. Counting on it. <laughs> yeah, we look forward to it. Greg, congratulations on, on a great career that uh, uh, is uh, winding down, and you've got a lot of, lot of life ahead of you there, and we look forward to, to seeing you soon. Thanks, Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Lauren. Take care, guys. Have a good Christmas. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. That's Greg McMahon at 1030. We'll take a time out. I'll be back with more. Line I Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Stay with us. Welcome back to the program, everybody. 1033 is the time. Line I Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly. Had an all-star cast of uh, guests so far. Doug Altenberger, Kedrick Prince from the Quad City Times, Greg Hansen from the Arizona Daily Star, and former... Illinois assistant football coach uh, Greg McMahon and our final guest of the day batting cleanup is our friend out in uh, Colorado Paul Klee good morning Paul how you doing hey I'm doing great Steve I feel like a very blessed man last week I was in Marcus Jackson's wedding in the great (laughs) city of Chicago and this week I get to join you guys well, I think last week uh, trumps this week, no doubt. But uh, the, we were glad to hear about uh, the wedding and uh, that you were involved in that. And uh, looked like looked like a very happy couple. Yes, there's a lot of very upset women across the state of <laughs> Illinois right now. But they're, they're going to have to deal with it because Marcus is a happy man. That's all that matters. I never thought either one of you would get married. Now you're both married. What happened? <laughs> I know. On Saturday morning, I'm here watching cartoons with my one-year-old. The world is completely turned upside down. So um, I I tell you, I'm looking forward to the game today. What time is the game today? The game is 3 o'clock your time, 4 o'clock here, Mm. Arizona, Mm. in town, uh, sold out State Farm Center. And you've probably seen seen a little bit of Arizona. What what kind of game do do you look for? Arizona's undefeated. Ranked 11. Mm. Some people have them a, a one or two point favorite on the road. Some people have it a pick em game mm. here. So it, it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. It's going to be fast. Tommy's going to Tommy's going to punch the gas today. They're going to play really, really fast. Now, if they play a clean game, that's a different matter. I think Illinois has got to muck it up. They've got to make it a little bit messy. Um, they got it. They got it going a lot quicker with Arizona than most people thought, you know, when they hired Tommy, I've known him for 24 years, 23 years. They didn't want him down in Arizona. There was a lot of alums that said, why are we taking an assistant coach from little Gonzaga? And now they're a top 10 team. I think I had them over five this week. So they're good. They're not great yet. He's got a couple of very good players, guys that are borderline NBA guys, but he's running that same offense that, you know, you've seen in Spokane for, for probably 14, 15 years now since they left the flex. So they're going to play very fast. They're going to try and score very fast. The thing that surprised me about them, about Arizona, is the way they've defended. They've really guarded. They've been a very good defensive team. So this is going to be a whale of a game today. People that are going to this game are very fortunate people. It's going to be fun. Now you talk about Tommy like you know Tommy Lloyd, and you have known him for a number of years. But you didn't know him when you were in college, did you? Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did. He was my when you were in college, coach. okay. He was, my, he, he was my intramural softball coach, Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> this, this, this goes back to playing center field and modeling my, my defensive game after Andrew Jones. So he, you know, that was a point when I was a freshman, I didn't want to take any real classes. So I signed up for a softball elective. <laughs> and um, at that point, 
at that point, Gonzaga coaches, if you can believe this, had to teach a class. Oh, really? That, that was a requirement. And so he taught my softball elective, and, um, yeah, we've uh, we've kept in touch through the years. He's, he's going to be very good at Arizona. Now, did he get started on this uh, international uh, recruiting by mm-hmm. playing overseas himself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. He made a lot of connections, and he found out, you know, they, the Zags weren't going to be able to recruit against the Pac-12. They they weren't able to do that early on, so he had to find a niche. Mm. And um, he knocked down some walls with a guy named Mario Cusan, who was never ruled eligible at Gonzaga, but he he played in the NBA for a little bit. Then Roni Turioff and Robert Sacre and Sabonis and any, anybody that's come through the program, Tommy recruited if they were born uh, on foreign soil. Mm-hmm. And that's been the heart of the program for the whole time. I mean, yeah. the whole time, huh? It has. Well, it has up until now. You know, they've changed it a little bit now, but the resources that that he's going to be granted at Arizona are unlike anything that he had at Gonzaga. So if you, it's it's going to compound itself. You know, these aren't his guys. This is kind of like that whole era with Coach Weber coming in after Coach Self and people mm-hmm. saying that they're not his guys. Uh, these are not Tommy's guys. But when he starts to get those guys in too. His, you know, the, the foreign influence that he has, along with the way that Arizona is always recruited domestic, domestically, um, he's going to build a monster down there. Talking to Paul Clee, Lauren and I considered uh, getting together and and making a call a friend call to you after Gonzaga lost its second game of the season. We wanted to make sure you were okay. It was a shock. My son is one, and he's seen him lose twice up until then. So. Um, yeah, it's a stunner when they lose, but um, they've been fun to watch, man. I, I didn't think they were quite as good as last year, so they're going to drop a couple in the WCC as well. Have you seen much of Illinois so far? I have. I've watched almost every game. Um, I really enjoy watching them play, and I like the big guy a lot. I have questions about the point guard turns it over too much, but um, he's going to be in for a big challenge today because Arizona is going to attack the point of attack. They want to get in the lane. And they want to cause problems with the with the ball screens. That's what they want to do. They put a lot of pressure on opposing guards. So I want to. Curbelo's playing today, isn't he? No, they're, he's they're not. He's no, 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 no. He's still it, out. It'll it'll be oh, Fraser. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a lot to that's a lot to carry. I didn't realize that he was still out. That's too bad. Um, but yeah, I like this Illinois team. I've seen Purdue a bunch. I've seen Michigan a bunch. Um, I think Illinois is as can be as good as anybody in the league except for Purdue. I think Purdue's the best team uh, in spite of that Rutgers loss the other night. Well, that just shows you how tough it is uh, on the road in the Big Ten. And and Greg Hansen from uh, Tucson, we were talking to to him about road games in the Big Ten, Mm -hmm. and uh, he thinks that Arizona's going to see something today that they don't see Mm -hmm. in the Pac-12, and that's uh, uh, that kind of atmosphere. And um, well, what, what is the atmosphere yeah. like on the West Coast now? Has UCLA picked it up again with a good team? I mean, I'm, I'm okay. talking about fan support. Yeah, it's okay. It's not like what we have in the Big Ten. It, there's nothing like Big Ten home games. I, I really mean that. You, you go to the SEC, and if you got Kentucky in town, you're going to have a crowd. If you're in the Big 12, Big 12's really good, actually, but it's not the Big Ten. There's, there's nothing like those home crowds. It, you saw Rutgers the other night, guys. That that was goodness gracious. I I don't, I don't know who would have won in that atmosphere the other night. And Rutgers isn't any good. They're not any good. They're yeah. they're top one hundred, top one hundred fifty team. But 
they're not as good as Purdue, but that home crowd is the reason they won. So I do think that that crowd at, at Assembly Hall today, I, I think it's going to be a huge factor um, because Arizona hasn't seen anything like that. Now, you know, Colorado's okay. They're okay. They got, you know, Oregon's got a good crowd sometimes. Washington's nothing to write home about. There's just nothing quite like Big Ten home crowds. By the way, you mentioned Colorado. How's Rick George doing as the AD at Colorado? <laughs> I think he's running into some stuff that he probably would have experienced if he was in Illinois. It's really hard to get football off the ground and, and keep it sustained. Yeah. So um, he's made he made a really good hire with Mel Tucker, and then Mel Tucker wow. went somewhere else and made a whole bunch of money. Yeah, I'll so say. it's hard yeah. to ding him for that. Because how do you know a guy's going to leave after, you know, eight months? That, that's a tough one. That was a tough one to stomach for Rick George. Yeah, that, I, I, that's no question about it. I mean, they, they just don't have the resources to match uh, what uh, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. Michigan State is doing now, and it's it's amazing, really. Right. But uh, yeah, that, got a, You know, CU's got a good basketball program. They've been strong for ten, twelve years. You just don't have that feeling that you would have at a at a Sparty or an Illinois or something, you, you kind of hit your head on the ceiling in Boulder. And so, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it is what it is. I, I think that you got to catch lightning in a bottle, get a really good quarterback. And I think that's what Illinois has been looking for, for, for years. Well, uh, Paul, what have you been covering mostly lately? And, and what, what have you been working on column wise? Uh, Demarius Thomas, um, this week, that yeah. that was a tough one. He, um, 33 years old, uh, passes away two nights ago. You don't you don't ever really get to know these millionaire athletes. You kind of think you know them. Demarius is a guy that I knew, and he made an enormous impact in Denver. And uh, as good of a human as I've come across in sports, so that one stung a lot of people. So that's what I've been working on the last couple of days. And cardiac arrest at 33 years old, man. Just a heart attack, huh? Mm, that's what the police report says, yeah. Okay. So, can't explain that one. Another couple of minutes with uh, Paul Klee and uh, all the places you've been. You, I know you had some, some good times here in Champaign-Urbana, and you've always kept track of the Illini on the football field and uh, basketball court. Uh, back to this game today, what what do you expect? Do you expect an Illinois win in front of the home crowd? I think Illinois should win this game. I think they should, you know. I think the home crowd makes a big difference. I think they believe that they're a – I'm not sure you guys could tell better than I I can, but this should be a Sweet 16-type team, right? And if that's the case, I think this is a game that Illinois has got to be real competitive. I think Arizona has surprised some people with how efficient they are on offense. They they just blew Michigan out of the water. I don't know if you got to see that game. Yeah, yeah. I did. It was yeah. never competitive. Yeah, it wasn't. It was wasn't never close. competitive. So they've got two guys that are the point guard's really good, the big guy's really good, and they got a wing who's really good. So when when Tommy's Gonzaga teams were good, they had those three pieces, and he's running that same ball screen offense that's difficult to stop. So it sounds like I'm pumping up Arizona. They're going to win. I think Illinois wins today. I think they should win today. And it's a really big game for Illinois. Yeah, it, 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 as I said earlier on the show, they, they got to get back in the top twenty-five just for recruiting purposes. Mm-hmm. For you know, just for mm-hmm. 
recognition mm-hmm. nationally. You got to be in that top twenty-five, and this would definitely mm-hmm. put them in there. I mean, they'd they'd be in there anyway after beating Iowa the way they did. But uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's taken a while for this team, Paul, to adjust to the way they play when they don't have Corbello. When they have Corbello, right. it's entirely different offense. And uh, they, they took them a couple of games, and, and I think now they're offensively. I think they're they're better, and defensively, they're definitely mm-hmm. better without Corbello. I mean, they just are. I mean, they they mm-hmm. they play should better. be a good defensive team. Yeah, and well, all of uh, Underwood's teams are either good defensively or he'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah, I, I think that the difference today, Lauren, is is does Illinois get easy stuff? Yeah, well, are, are they getting layups? Well, and they might not get layups, but shot? will they get some open threes? That's you know they're they're mm-hmm. starting to lean on the threes an awful lot. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and so that's kind of one of those things where you can, if you hit twelve, thirteen of them, you're probably going to win. If you hit five or six, you're probably not going to. So yeah. it's a little bit yeah. fickle, but they got to get they have to get open looks because Arizona will get a lot of open looks. Really, they're gonna they score very easily. Yeah, oh, okay. it's, it's remarkable how that system just creates open shots. So I think if Illinois hits some threes in the first half, I think they're going to be in good shape. Hey, Paul, we'll let you get back to your cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We we That's appreciate right. well, thank uh, you guys. Yeah, appreciate talking to you and uh, and always look forward to it. Thanks. Oh, there's nowhere else I'd rather be at four o'clock Central Time today than Assembly Hall. So enjoy that. All, All right. right, thanks, Paul. See you, Paul. That's Paul Klee from the Gazette out in uh, Colorado Springs. Covers all the uh, sports activity in the state of Colorado up around uh, Denver and Colorado Springs at uh, 1045. And if you've been thinking about replacing uh, the windows and doors at your home, how about a trip to the Pebble Window Store at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign? Mike Mary and uh, the folks there at Illini Pella have been assisting homeowners and businesses throughout central Illinois for decades now, and they do it the right way. There are a lot of things to consider when you're replacing your windows or doors, things like security, comfort, convenience, certainly among those. The Pella Window Store has many examples on the showroom floor in several styles and price ranges, from entry doors to sliding patio doors, hinged patio doors, and all kinds of windows as well. You'll find them at the Pella Window Store on North Country Fair Drive. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, Saturday by appointment. Or you can check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. Mike Mary, Quentin Troy, Pete Peters, Dave Rollins, Luke Mary, and Troy Bowman over in Danville. Some of the folks that will take care of you at the Pella Window Store. Give them a call. 1046 is the time. We'll take a break and be back with more. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Got about 10 minutes left on uh, the program today. And I'm Ipella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate, Steve Kelly. Let's uh, go to the phone. We've got a couple of calls waiting. Eric in Champaign, you're up first. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't think anybody's mentioned it yet, but did you uh, report on how uh, Arizona's team got here last night? Oh, no, we didn't report it. They had to go through Indianapolis, huh? Yeah, they they had to divert to Indy because of the storm, and then they took Ubers over here. They didn't even wait for buses, so they all got individual rides over here. So I don't know what that does to the team. It reminds me of Penn State in 94 when they were here for that classic game. I think somebody pulled a fire alarm at 2 in the morning or something on their hotel room, and they were all beating pizza. I heard that story, yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, the volleyball team had a rough trip back from, yeah, they did. from uh, Austin, Texas. 
And I, they diverted through St. Louis, as I recall, Steve. Yeah. Then they bust home from there. Yeah, and that was there went a whole night of sleep <laughs> that they didn't get. Well, maybe that'll slow those guys down a little bit, Eric. You think? Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I mean, look at you. Like, like I think you said earlier, they don't get uh, non-conference matchups like this almost ever. I mean, um, I can't. Maybe uh, maybe those ACC challenges. The only right. time they get teams like this in here. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, yeah. But. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I look forward to it, and I uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy the game yourselves. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Let's go to John in Champaign. Hey, John. Hi, guys. Those guys, uh, if Arizona had to bring uh, Ubers over, does that mean they can't drive? <laughs> does that mean uh, all that? Right, all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe they won't drive today. Maybe they won't drive today. Okay. Uh I've been a I've been a little concerned and and I'm tickled to death with our football and basketball both, but you know how we fans always seems to seem to nitpick, and I'm concerned about and always have been concerned about uh, trying to stall out. Well, I think you call it not trying to win, Lauren, mm-hmm. or one of you does. But uh, we had the game in hand, I believe. Uh, uh, the last game we had it at hand and we had a sizable lead, 10 or 11 point lead with three or four minutes to go. And we decided to, to, rel- to not try to score. And boy, I'm telling you, I thought Iowa was going to eat us alive because that meant they were going to get the ball away from us and, and, and fire it up there. There's two guys that I think, I think they're, they're, they're not as strong defensively maybe as, as some of our other guys, but they know how to shoot and ban their quick shooters. And, and that's uh, uh, number three and Plummer. Well, I and think those guys Grandison both, and Plummer have, I think they've made strides defensively, Steve. And in my opinion, I, I think that, that the team has gotten better and better defensively. And I don't think Plummer, I may be wrong, but I don't think Plummer is a weakness in that. Well, I, I don't either really. And I, and I'm I'm not anti Williams in any way, shape, or form because I I appreciate him for what he is. But boy, at the end of the game, we need to score instead of try to stop somebody. And the, but the main thing is we weren't not stopping them. Uh, once we once we started uh, laying back and trying to uh, protect the ball and stay outside of the uh, shooting zone. Well, we uh, made our free throws. When, I'll say that we made the free throw, 24 uh, out of 28, and that kind of pushed us over the hump against Iowa. And that was a game Illinois, I thought, played pretty well, except for the turnovers. And, and the turnovers were just way too yeah. many for me. And it seemed like they happened uh, they happen so much easier when when we – you just can't afford one at the end of the game. You can't afford them any time, but they'll kill you at the end of the game like that. And uh, I just I, – I like to see – I like to see scoring. I, I'd rather go down fighting than, uh, than trying to uh, – uh, trying to protect what I got, I'd rather try to build on it a little bit. But that's that's me. I say it's. Uh, I, I'm tickled. I'm tip, tickled to death with Underwood. And uh, I have I have a question uh, or or a comment on the football on the quarterback uh, from the portal that's coming in. Tommy DeVito. And I was really. Uh, yes, I was disappointed to hear that he's that he's a drop back passer, just a drop back passer. And uh, it kind of 
I kind of like a little more versatility, and I, I know in the pros who I don't really follow, but there's drop-back passers that don't ever run, but they'll kill you. I hope DeVito is one of those guys. <laughs> All right, John, thanks for the call. We do appreciate it. All righty. Three five six nine three nine seven is the number. We've got a few minutes left. No small reason for the drop-back is the fact that if you have a running quarterback, there's much more uh, possibility of him being injured. That's true. I mean, it, it, it's real when you start running. That's why quarterbacks slide. Did, by the way, Steve, did you see the quarterback the other day that yeah. faked the slide? I wonder why it took so wow. long for somebody to do that. I, I've, I've thought about that all season. Boy, that, just, how, that was a shocker. Yeah, how easy it would be to just kind of fake like you're going down and just not go down. Well, yeah. it didn't take them long to put a new <laughs> rule in. <didn't> it? <laughs> Can't do that. That's going to be another judgment call. What if a, you know, what if a guy – trips and looks or, like he's or faints, sl- faints exactly. in one direction and, <laughs> exactly yeah there'll be something else for the officials to argue over and go to the replay and try to figure out what somebody is thinking uh andre corbello according to uh brad underwood will not be in uh, uniform today brad did say he's getting better but he added this i don't plan on bringing him back until he can be everything i expect him to be well, make no mistake i mean i don't care who it is whether it's somebody with the flu or whether it's somebody with an injury I mean, we're not going to bring them back to ever not be the best that they can be and jeopardize anything that has anything to do with their well-being. That's Brad Underwood uh, yesterday talking uh, about uh, things all related to Illinois basketball, including this game today. We'll take our final break at 10.55, and Laura and I will be back with some final words to wrap things up after this. Stay with us. It is 10.57. Glad I found a Saturday sports talk wrapping things up. You know it's a big game when uh, you get a lot of media requests and you get a lot of requests from the NBA, Ken Brown tells us 13 NBA teams will be in attendance this That's afternoon. Right. Uh, starting with the Chicago Bulls and then the Bucks, Cavaliers, Hawks, Heat, Kings, Knicks, Magic, Nuggets, Pacers, Pistons, 76ers, and Warriors. How about that? Wow. So in addition to the 15,000-plus uh, uh, sellout crowd, all decked out in orange and blue sections, be plenty of representation there from the NBA. They'll be looking at Kofi, obviously, and uh, yeah, I think they'll like what they've seen if they haven't seen Illinois this year yet. They'll like what they've seen about his game, and he's due for a big one, I think. Well, I think that uh, it's it's cause it all kind of depends on how they play. And on one hand, we think that there'll be a lot of double team, and yet uh, if you get it to in the right position, Kofi can score. And Arizona wants to run. They had a game couple of games ago where they had 74 possessions in the game so they'd like to get it and go Illinois likes to run too but they may not like to run quite that much well you saw how much trouble Illinois had with the valley Rio Grande Valley yes you know what uh, Arizona did 104 (laughs) 104 to 50 something (laughs) that's right so they they got out on them but it should be a great atmosphere this afternoon the game you can hear it right here on the Fighting Illini Sports Network it's a national televised game as well on uh, Fox so it should be fun I know you don't do predictions but uh, you have feelings from time to time what are you feeling on this one well you know I I feel like it's going to be a three-point shooting game for Illinois if they're hitting the threes I think that Illinois I I don't know. Um, I think that Arizona has the better individual players. I like the way Illinois is coming together. I would favor the home team. I've just seen too many home games, whether it's Iowa State or whether it's Rutgers. There's been all kinds of those 
uh, this year that we've seen that where the home court has been a big factor. We'll see you at courtside, Mr. Tate. Thank you. All right. And thanks to our guests today, Doug Altenberger, Kedrick Prince from the Quad City Times, Greg Hansen from the Arizona Daily Star, former Illini assistant football coach Greg McMahon, and former News Gazette staffer Paul Klee right here on News Talk 1400. WDWS Champaign-Urbana, 93.9 FM. I'm Steve Kelly. Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy the game.